God morning. Happy birthday, Troy. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour, I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power. For if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Thank you, Lord. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life. I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And as I open up my Bible at the start of each day, I lift my eyes to heaven and I most sincerely pray, Lord, open up my heart and mind to hear these words today. I want to understand you, Lord. Please hear these words I say. These stories that were written so many years ago hold the way to my salvation. Your life has told me so. I thank you for my life, Lord, the blessings of your son for my family, friends, and neighbors. I love them, everyone. And when I close my eyes, Lord, at the ending of each day, I will praise my Father up in heaven for the gifts he sent my way, for the universe he created, and the lives of those I love. There's nothing greater in my life than my love for God above. Everyone who knows me knows there's nothing greater in my life than my love for God above. And I'm proud, proud of it. Let's jump in to In Touch Magazine. It says, your commitment is a witness. Daniel's integrity and godliness were well established over a lifetime of frequent challenges to his faith. Since his teen years, he faithfully lived out his commitment to the Lord. And when he was an old man, he was thrown into a den of lions because of his refusal to compromise. In this way, God displayed his power and faithfulness to his servants while also using Daniel as a witness to a pagan king. Is your unwavering devotion to Christ a witness to others? I hope so. 
Too many Christians have a commitment of convenience. They'll stay faithful as long as it's safe and doesn't involve risk, doesn't involve rejection, doesn't involve criticism. Instead of standing alone in the face of challenge or temptation, they cave to pressure. What kind of witness is that? Who would want to follow our God if we ourselves won't follow him? So remember, the way we respond either draws others to Jesus or pushes them away. Practice your commitment to Christ both privately and publicly. The time you spend alone with God in his word will transform your character and strengthen your resolve to stand for truth in an unbelieving world. Amen. Amen. And trusting God day by day says, think about something good. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. And that's Philippians 5, verse 4. Chapter 4, verse 8. Stay right there, getting it together for a good day for you. Stay right there. When you think about something good, there's no room for wrong thoughts to get into your mind. Concentrating on and trying not to think wrong thoughts can actually increase them. But simply filling your mind with good things leaves no room for bad things to get in. The Bible says if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And this simply means that if we concentrate on the things God desires, then we will not have room in our lives for what the devil desires. This is a life-changing revelation. You can't wait for something good to just fall into your mind. You have to choose your thoughts on purpose. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30 that God sets us sets before us life and death, blessings and curses. If you or I do not choose thoughts that lead to life, then the enemy will make the choice for us and he will choose thoughts that lead us to death. But when we choose thoughts that lead us to life, our lives will be blessed. Take time to roll good thoughts over and over in your mind. And this will help you form the habit of thinking only good things. 
You must believe that you can do something or you won't even try. So repeat to yourself, you can choose your own thoughts. You can overcome evil with good. Amen. Take a moment and think about something good. Concentrate on the things that God desires and trust him to help you conquer any wrong thoughts. Amen. Amen. Gaze up to heaven, let us pray. Dear Lord, my prayer today is one of praise for you. I praise you for grace covering me when I was oblivious to your hand working in my life. I glorify you for the ministering angels that I did not recognize, but they listened to your voice of grace and not my voice of self-will. I praise you for your saving grace, which protected me from my youthful foolishness to bring me into a life of divine purpose. And I praise you for the wisdom to know it was your grace that pursued me and prevented the adversary from destroying your plan for my life. Father, I praise you for the power of grace. When mediocrity attempts to seep into my spirit, grace speaks and tells me who you created me to be. When the adversary creates battles in my mind, grace attacks his thoughts and replaces them with your words of peace, hope, and joy. When I feel like my life is on hold, grace reminds me that you have an appointed time for all things. And when I feel alone, grace fills me with your spirit of love. As I reflect on the spiritual archives of my life, I can see the story of grace written on every page, Lord. I can see the places where the adversary was attempting to lead me and the traps that were set. My downfall was scheduled and manipulated by him, but your grace has stepped in once again and prevented his assault. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I glorify you for teaching me. Your grace is sufficient for me and your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I praise you for my weakness that surrenders to your grace. Lord, I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory for your perfect gift of grace. It's another expression of your unconditional love. It cannot be earned. It cannot be repaid. You bless me always. You protect me always. And you always lead me with your grace. And for that, I will eternally give you honor, praise, and glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amen. I'll be right back with more prayers. It's Commanding your morning a daily devotional says, grow in your senses. When we are born again, we suddenly have a complete new set of senses. Senses that perceive in the spirit realm the same way our natural senses perceive in the physical realm. However, while we don't remember how difficult it is to learn to use our senses as we grew from babies to toddlers and into small children, as Christians, we too often balk at these same difficulties as we try to understand the things that we perceive spiritually. Like the man, like the man that Jesus healed from blindness, who first saw men like trees walking, we need an additional touch of Christ or more experience learning to see before we really understand the overwhelming nature of perceiving and understanding spiritual things. Let us pray. Father, I welcome another touch from you so that I can gain greater understanding of the things of the Spirit. Sharpen my spiritual senses to hear your words, to taste your goodness, to feel your presence, to smell your aroma, to see your glory. Remove anything that would keep me from growing in my knowledge of you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Repeat after me. Father, you have seated me in heavenly places in Christ. Give me a fresh revelation of who I am in you and the incredible access I have as your child. You are the only great and awesome God and I ask humbly that you open my spiritual eyes 
to see things from your perspective that I might pray with prophetic precision and annihilate the strongholds of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is from In Touch Magazine. And with all your soul and with all your mind. But we are also called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And forgiveness is one of the most powerful ways that we demonstrate that love. Thankfully, the gift of forgiveness is always available to us. And it's one that we must learn to both give and receive repeatedly on the long road of sanctification. Stay right there. Be right back with something special. And the Proverbs are special. Here they are. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud, they will surely be punished. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The king speaks with divine wisdom. He must never judge unfairly. The Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standards for fairness. A king detests wrongdoing. For his rule is built on justice. The king is pleased with words from righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. The anger of the king is a deadly threat. The wise will try to appease it. When the king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like a spring rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver. 
The path of the virtuous leads away from evil. Whoever follows that path is safe. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. Discretion is a life-giving fountain to those who possess it, but discipline is wasted on fools. From a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. It is good for workers to have an appetite. An empty stomach drives them on. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Violent people mislead their companions, leading them down a harmful path. With narrowed eyes, people plot evil. With a smirk, they plan their mischief. Gray hair is the crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Amen. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Let's read what the Charles F. Stanley Bible says about binding the devil. Jesus triumphed over the devil at the cross, a victory that contained absolutely no hint of defeat. You also can claim victory over the enemy in daily battles because as a believer, you are indwelt with the triumphant power of Jesus Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have the privilege of calling upon the divine power of God, which ultimately means you have authority over the devil and all his demons. To bind the enemy by the power of the Holy Spirit and experience the Lord's release and restoration, there are three steps that you must take. You must claim the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us to pray in Jesus' name. You are to claim the blood of Jesus. We dare not come boldly into battle with the devil without the protection of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 
And three, we are to claim the word of God. Jesus put an end to the devil's words of temptation by quoting scripture. Never argue with the devil. And notice that Jesus did not get into battle of words. The power to defeat the devil is available to every believer. Every one of us has the ability to deal with the enemy by the almighty, supernatural power of God. We have the right to declare the devil bound, his work restricted, and his prisoner set free. Allow God to show you the victory and to work through you to the maximum every day. Amen. Fight all of your battles on your knees and you will win every time. Amen. And then Matthew chapter 25 gets mentioned a lot and it's about obedience and how being obedient is always a blessing when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him he will sit on the throne of his glory all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and put the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For when I was hungry, you gave me no food. When I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. 
I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Listeners, whatever you do to the least of his brethren, you do to the Lord. And that is why we constantly say, help someone, give to the poor, help someone as much as you can because God is watching and he 100% knows when you are giving help. Amen. I leave you with that thought. I leave you with that direction. Come back tomorrow so we can pray some more. Bye for now.